So, Stu, I just found out that uh, the Goldwater Institute that I'm speaking at tonight in Phoenix yeah. gave me 20 minutes to speak. Ooh. I don't think that's ever happened. What do you mean? I mean, not that people haven't keep... asked me to speak for 20 minutes. Me actually being able to keep it 20 minutes. That never happens. Yes, that doesn't If you're really... going to the dinner tonight, get, make sure your sitter knows <laughs> <laughs> that Glenn Beck is the speaker. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, by the way, you can, I think tickets are still available. You can go to the goldwaterinstitute.org. Um, and I'll see you in Phoenix tonight. Um, today's program, uh, fascinating. Really fascinating. We started uh, with uh, looking into... Hey, what what exactly did uh, HHS buy for in case of a nuclear war? Well, well, can you say that again? Yeah. Should we be talking about the possibility of nuclear annihilation a little more often? Yeah. Seeing the president said uh, last night at a uh, at a fundraiser, uh, this should have gone. I wouldn't know. I would have reached for my checkbook. Uh, he said, uh, "We're closer to nuclear Armageddon than ever before." Ow. Armageddon. Good. Good. I like that. Vote for me. <laughs> yeah. Then we talk politics. Uh, a lot of the program was politics with uh, Bill O'Reilly and Stu and I going back and forth on the most important races, I think, the ones that will tell us the most about the country. Uh, and you'll get that list. And uh, Jamie Kilstein is very, very good uh, on today's program. He's announced that he was a Christian, and when I pressed him on it, he said, okay, all right, I've been to church twice, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> all this and more on the podcast today. By the way, I, uh, I'm i a little nervous because I'm going to be around a lot of people tonight, and Stu, sweat on stage? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It can happen. Ugly. It's not good. You don't want it. You don't want the towel, the flop sweat towel. No. You, 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 you'd appreciate avoiding that. Yeah. So I'm avoiding it. Especially if you're in the front row. This is, yeah, <laughs> if you're in the front row. Yeah. Bring your galoshes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm uh, using sweat block. And sweat block is, has proven itself to me over and over again this last summer. I mean, I was out in the high temperatures here in, uh, in Dallas. I was working outside. Yes, actually working outside um, on our farm. And I mean, I didn't sweat. It, it's really amazing stuff. Sweat block. You can get it in the deodorant stick. Um, but I use the wipes. You put them on once a week. You wipe under each arm with the sweat block wipe. Uh, and you don't sweat or stink or anything for a week. I mean, there's no reason to take a shower then. Sweat Block. You can find it online. You can get it at Amazon, but you'll save 20%. If you go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code BECK. Promo code BECK, sweatblock.com. Here's today's podcast. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, the biggest story of the week, sir. I think Biden uh, saying that Armageddon uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I, it's kind of big, right? Yeah, I think that's kind of big. That would be big. Yeah. Armageddon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, kind of, kind of huge, kind of huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think I'm going to buy that Ferrari over the weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't have to worry about paying for it for long. Yeah, you know, 
Um, you know, 60 years ago, Beck, I know you're a student of history, uh, John F. Kennedy was uh, yeah. telling the nation to build fallout shelters. Yeah, you this know, month. Yeah, you might want to dig a little hole in the backyard so you and the fam can get in there uh, after the big one hits. Um, and Kennedy was dead serious because that thing was uh, hurtling out of control as the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev, wanted to move uh, intercontinental missiles to Havana. And then, uh, you know, we said, that's not going to happen. And so uh, the confrontation on the high seas uh, was in motion, and the Soviet Union pulled back. Okay, so wait, 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 wait. Let me compare that and and ask you a specific uh, comparison question. I believe Khrushchev was... Uh, was bluffing he wouldn't have pushed the button and kennedy didn't want him to push the button but if there was a war each of them would have fought it but they didn't want to fight that war so it was just right up to the brink which one's going to blink yeah and that's what khrushchev did right do you believe Um, that the same can be said about biden and putin no because i think putin is mentally ill so Khrushchev, I was a ruthless dictator, but I didn't, there is no evidence he was mentally ill. I think Putin is mentally ill, and that's the wild card here. But it does no good for anyone to have the president of the United States going, well, you know, on Thursday it might be Armageddon. That doesn't do anyone any good, right? It creates panic, unhappiness, angst, whatever word you want to use, and it empowers Putin. So, oh, look at this. I got them all scared over there. That's, you know, what goes through that little jerk's mind. So, you know, Kennedy, you just said, Kennedy said, you might want to start building some fallout shelters. And everyone was aware of how high the stakes were. I don't think we are, I don't think that uh, people believe that the stakes are this high, that we are in that position, even though the government, and I don't know if you saw this, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services uh, did a press release. They purchased $300 million of a acute radiation sickness medication. This is not iodine pills. This is these are, you know, bags of medicine for IV that have to be kept in refrigeration and they expire in 18 months. We just bought for the very first time $300 million worth of these IV bags. They expire in that. 18 months. What do you think yeah, that is? I, I saw that. I don't, you know, look, okay, uh, it's a little preventive medicine there. Uh, we're not going to get it, by the way, Beck, I know. you and me, we're not getting it. I mean, those would be for the uh, favored few. But you have to look at this as a geopolitical uh, chess game. And so Biden, by saying Armageddon, empowers Putin. That's not what you want to do. You don't want to do anything here. You want to let Putin go down. He is. He's going down. All right. And you don't want to be inject yourself into his demise. Now, is there a chance that Putin would uh, launch a low-level nuke in Ukraine? Yeah, there's a chance. It's not a good chance because I believe that his army would overthrow him. Yes. If he tried to do that. And what people don't understand is that U.S. intelligence, we're talking to those Russian generals now. All right. We, we have good intel out of Russia. And if you read Killing the Killers, my book, 
um, I, I explain how it's, these guys can't do this in secret. So if Vlad gets up one morning and goes, okay, uh, we're going to uh, launch a nuke at Kiev, he can't just do that. It ha- there's a series of steps that have to be taken, and the U.S. would know that almost immediately. Yeah, and they're, so they're, they're, if, if I'm not mistaken, Bill, and you might know this, I don't know, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, their uh, missile launching system is much more complicated than ours. It it. You know, the president and uh, one person, I think, at the White House uh, has to OK or the uh, the uh, head of the Defense Department or something has to OK it and then they could flip it. But they, I believe, have to go through generals. Do they not? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm not an expert at internal Soviet military matters, but I do know through the research for killing the killers, that in order to do that kind of an offensive gesture, use a nuclear weapon, you there are a number of steps that you have to take. I mean, he'd have to consult with the Duma, okay? I mean, he just can't do it. So what Biden, and the mistake that Biden always makes is he doesn't understand the big picture. He just doesn't. And he blurts stuff out. I can't imagine Klain or Rice telling him, hey, why don't you just spook everybody and, and say Armageddon might happen? I can't imagine that. All right? I mean, because it doesn't fit into any uh, positive for the Democratic Party to do that. So it's probably he heard something somewhere in a briefing. This is Biden. Because he gets an intel briefing every morning. Sometimes he, did, he sleeps through it. He doesn't get up in time. But it's scheduled where the intel people come in, and they're telling him what's happening in Russia and, and what's happening in Ukraine. And he's probably heard something, and then he just blurts it out. This is guess, educated speculation on my part, but I don't think I'm wrong. So are we headed there? No, you, know, you can't do that. Headed there, you're dealing with an emotionally disturbed individual, Putin, who does have power. Okay, that's true. But Putin is constrained by China. You think China wants a, a nuke launched? You uh, think China's going to going to play into that? No, no. But you could make the case that. If Russia and America destroyed themselves, they could be there for the rebuild. And well, what, whatever, the, whatever it is, if there's a nuke launched, the whole world economy crashes. Yeah, true. Okay? True. Everybody knows that. And, you know, Putin signs his death warrant. If he would ever do that, then, you know, the USA and China could band together and assassinate the man. I mean, that would happen. You just can't, you know, it's not just going to happen. You can't just do that with no blowback. And Putin, as mentally ill as I believe he is, he doesn't want to die. He doesn't have a death wish. All right. He's still got enough toys and stuff that keep him occupied. But the big story when you ask me, it's the big story of the week, is that the reaction from Biden is not smart. Is anybody surprised? No. Um, all right. So let me switch subjects because I, I agree with you. That's the big story of the week. The second biggest, I think, is the attack of the FBI, where the FBI is going after pro-lifers now. Oh, and also that the HHS has just funneled $750,000 to an abortion activist uh, group. So we're 
our tax dollars are now going to support abortion activists while the government is rounding up, you know, 84 year old grandmas and threatening them with 11 years in prison. You know, this story is ill defined for me. There are federal laws, as you know, that you cannot do certain things in front of abortion clinics. These people clearly broke the law. Mm, uh, no, they, they had a misdemeanor. It was it was judged. All right, all right. Whether it's the misdemeanor yeah. or whatever it may be, I'm, I'm not there. I don't know. I haven't seen a complaint. Um, is it an overreaction? Of course it is. And it's an overreaction to put the abortion issue in front of the American people again before the midterm elections. That's why these things happen. That's why the raid of Mar-a-Lago, that's why uh, the abortion thing, it's all about politics. Democrats believe they're going to get waxed, and they will. Um, And so what do we have? We got Trump, we got abortion. We don't have anything else. Here's the best uh, stat of the week I can give you and Stu. Is Stu there or is he asleep? I'm I'm both here and asleep, Bill. Okay, good. There are hundreds of Democrats running for national office this November. Hundreds. Not one has asked Joe Biden to campaign for him or her. Can I use those pronouns? (laughs) (laughs) Not one. That, That is beyond stunning. You'd think somewhere, Silicon Valley, L.A., the mayor of L.A. running... You think somewhere, hey, Joe, could you just stop by and say a few kind words about me? No, no one. What does that tell you? He's not popular. (laughs) He's not popular. Radioactive, pardon the pun. Yeah. Radioactive. So the Democratic Party knows this. I, I, I love Nancy Pelosi going on Colbert. I mean, I think uh, Colbert is her adopted son, by the way. Not many mm-hmm. people know that, I think. Uh, is anybody even watching Colbert anymore? No, nobody watches. Yeah. But they get, it gets out on the Internet. Uh, the stuff gets out on the right. Internet. And, uh, and as Nancy goes, oh, we're going to win. We'll hold the house. And then I'll go and get that little Dorothy and Toto. <laughs> um, and he's just sitting there going, no, you're not. You and that's it for you, Nancy, baby. That's it. You're through. You won't run again. You'll go back to San Francisco and lie in the gutter with all the other people. Did you see that uh, Biden again trying to buy votes? Uh, he uh, pardoned everybody in federal prison who you know was caught with uh, with uh, marijuana. Marijuana, but yeah. there there's nobody in federal prison for that's that. Right, nobody. Nobody. But there are six thousand people over the past 50 years who were uh, convicted of possession in a federal court. 6,000 over 50 years. Okay. Now, why were those people, were they just smoking pot behind the shed? No. They pleaded down. They were dealers. And they pleaded down to possession. Okay. (laughs) People don't know this. So their Biden goes, well, you know, I'm going to just pardon all of them. Well, I don't care. I mean, you know, fine. Let them pardon them. Um, doesn't matter there's to me. No, doesn't matter to the country. There's nobody there to pardon. There's nobody no, there. It doesn't matter. Joe thinks he's doing something noble. 
And you no, know, I think Joe is trying to buy voters and dupe voters. Somebody, this is not his idea. Somebody came up and said this to him so he can look like he's actually helping some people in prison when it's not going to affect a soul in prison. No. I mean, this is a younger voter play. The yeah. stoners uh, out there, oh, I'll vote for Biden. He's not going to, well, he likes pot. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. I'm voting ben, for that dude. Back I'm with gonna... <laughs> uh, more of Bill O'Reilly in a second. Uh, all right. Bill, let's talk a little bit about politics. Okay, Beck, give me a minute at the end for killer uh, for yeah, legends, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, okay, politics here. I'm ready. Okay. We could start with Stacey Abrams, or you can go to... I mean, I made a list this morning of the top three races that, to me, are the most important races because of what they say. For instance, Mike Lee is on this list. They are running a CIA agent who is trying to make Mike Lee and the press in Utah making Mike Lee into a radical. He's the furthest thing from a radical. Um, yeah, but he's going to win, Mick, so uh, what do you care? Well, uh, some polls show that it's a tight race. Nah, no, no, Beck. Okay. One out of races, and I'll tell you who's going to win. All right? Fetterman. Let's make it easy for everybody. Fetterman. Uh, I think Oz will beat Fetterman unless there is corruption in Philadelphia, which is possible. The only way Fetterman wins is if the Democratic machine in Philadelphia mobilizes uh, voters there to the level of the 2020 presidential election, which is almost unheard of. No, okay? it, it would be unheard of. So you right. said you said you'd make it easy, and then you gave an exception. So either way that it works, you still. Yeah, win. I mean, I, I have to do that because I just I have to explain so people understand my madness. Kerry Lake. <laughs> what was that? What was Kerry Lake, governor of uh, Arizona? Uh, I think she might lose. Uh, no. Arizona's really turned blue. And uh, it looks like Kelly's going to win. Um, no, 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 no. Well, Kelly is running against um, Masters. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. Masters. Yeah. You're saying no, no, both. no. I know that. But if Kelly wins, that brings more votes to the uh, Democratic gubernatorial guy. Mm. Um, so if I had to bet, I'd say that the Democrats will win, which is just stunning when you look at the state of Arizona on the border and the economy. So what happened um, to the idea? Because uh, inflation is the worst in the country in Arizona. Right. Yeah. What happened I, to I mean, the I, people vote with their pocket pocketbook? I, I I just don't know. It's a heavily Hispanic state, and I could be wrong because the Hispanics are very hardworking people, generally speaking, and they may have had enough. Um, but Kelly is popular there, personally popular, and Lake. I, I don't know if she's got enough to override the Kelly mm. vote. I disagree on both of those, but we'll see. Okay, we'll, well, we'll, we'll be back yeah, in we'll November, see. right? Uh, Herschel Walker. Done. Wow. Latest poll, he's down 11 points. Yeah, and, and yeah. look, you can't, what you have to do when somebody accuses you of something that heinous, promoting pro-life and then paying for an abortion you have to either say yes i did it because i was a confused young man at the time and i didn't really understand it or no i did not do it and i'm suing the butt off of the daily beast one or the other 
you can't equivocate. He goes on Hannity. He says he didn't do it. But now he's not suing, and so nobody's believing him. And he did and say so, he was going to sue. You know, why would voters... I wouldn't vote for him if I were down there. And, I, and the other guy, Warnock, is the worst. Yeah. I wouldn't vote for either of them. I'm not going to vote for Warnock, but I mean, I, you can't vote for a guy like who's going to lie to your face. I don't think he's... I, I honestly don't think he's lying. Um, oh, if, but Beck, if that's true, and I hope it is, I think he needs to be afforded due process, Walker. I hope it is. Yeah. Then you got to come up, or Walker's campaign's got to come up with some persuasion mechanism to get... I don't know, Bill. People. It's the Daily Beast. Uh, you know, I just don't trust the Daily Beast. Oh, There's... no, no. I mean, that's the worst. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> I, I mean, no. And, I, and I know say... the only thing worse than the Daily Beast is Warnock. So, <laughs> but if, but, I vote but for if Walker. That's not, Beck, if that's not true, he could file a $100 million lawsuit, and that's yeah. Barry Diller. Yeah. Okay? Right. Mm, sure. I... Uh, I still vote for. I still vote against uh, uh, Warnock myself. Okay, Bill O'Reilly, hang on. I want to talk about your new book. I forgot to give you the minute, so I'm going to give it to you on the other side of the break. More with Bill O'Reilly in just a second. Stand by. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Jamie Kilstein is uh, with us. He is uh, the host of uh, F-Up's uh, Guide to the Universe. <laughs> I, I'm still bound by uh, FCC rules. Jamie, welcome to the program. There's, here's the good news. Uh, your new uh, uh, Christian boy red-pilled version of Jamie Kilstein has a brand new podcast that is not going to be that podcast that is called Advice Not Taken that's a mental health comedy podcast that's going to debut on Monday. So we will no really? longer have to awkwardly stammer through my, uh, my, <laughs> well, my old so title now, that I thought was edgy. So now, wait a minute. Hang on just a second. Did, did you just identify yourself as a Christian? Okay, so look, here's what happened. I know this is not what we were supposed to talk about. I've <laughs> now been to church twice since coming on uh, your stupid show. And it's so great. Like, I, I, I love it. Um, I mean, dude, back in the day, I opened for Christopher Hitchens at the Sydney Opera House. Wow. Like, it was like um, atheist talk. And I always said I was agnostic. I, yeah. I hated the term atheist just yeah. because who knows, right? Like, no one's going to be like, there's no God. And then if God was like, hello, I'm here, they wouldn't be like, no, no, I've read Richard Dawkins or whatever. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it's so funny. I, I, as I'm getting older, you know, I, uh, I did a really big stand-up show in Austin, and all the comics were like, hey, man, we're going to the strip club afterwards. And I swear to God, in my head, I was like, I have church in the morning. <laughs> so I have now... I have been to church. And by the way, like the the thought of even getting like turned on by a stripper is so far gone now. I remember I was at church and I was just staring at like like married couples, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's the stuff. Like that's what I. Well, that's, good for you. That's what I good want. for you. I well, are you going to be talking about this stuff on your? Are you going to be talking about this kind of stuff on your new podcast? 
I think so. I really want to, I mean, the whole topic advice not taken is that a lot of times we're really good at giving advice and bad at taking it. Mm. So I do want to explore questions about, you know, past mistakes, about trauma, about trying to fix yourself, about being flawed. Um, all the, you know, that, that was the thing I, I didn't know. I just assumed Christians and everyone was just super judgmental and it, it's the opposite. It's like, no, Jesus knew we were flawed and forgives. And I was yeah. like, Oh, this Jesus fella, he's got something figured out. He yeah. Sounds pretty cool. I'll there, there, I will warn you there. You will run into from time to time, a Christian that, you know, doesn't think they're really all that flawed and judgmental, <laughs> but uh, you know, anyway, follow the Jesus dude. Anyway. So Jamie, yeah. you, you have been watching what's going on as have I um, in yeah. Iran and it's, it's phenomenal. School girls are now, are yeah. now taking off their hijabs and telling the, the moral police, morality police to beat it. Yeah. Yeah, which, by the way, morality police, I thought that was like, uh, I thought that was people being sarcastic. I didn't know that was a real thing. Like, when <laughs> I, like I thought it was like, oh, what do you do? Call the morality police. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, no, that's a real thing. And it's people with guns. And yeah, I mean, this all started because there was a, a really young girl. I think she was 22, uh, Masa Amini. And she was killed in custody for immoral dress um again uh, not funny so far stay with me and yeah all these women are being so brave and there are women cutting their hair on tv and you're right they're taking their hijabs off and they're dancing which um is prohibited and that to me seems like uh number one feminist complaint uh should be women being murdered right like i feel <laughs> yeah. like over man spreading over microaggressions. Yep. I feel like women being murdered by the state <laughs> uh, pr problematic. Is that what they would say? Problematic. Yeah. Uh, very, it, it's bad. Yes. It's very bad. Um, you know, this isn't the morality police in America, which is like woke Twitter yelling at me for not seeing bros in the theater. This is like women are being uh, killed for, right. for, for not dressing like a prisoner. And I think what's happened is, you know, I don't want to just come on here and slam the left because I know there are so many people who care and so many people who cover the Middle East on, on, on both sides. But I think the reason this isn't the number one issue is because it's, it, it, it's white liberals not wanting to feel racist. Like we've boxed, our, boxed ourselves into such a corner that people are so scared that the only people we can criticize are like hot, white, rich, straight guys, like Chris Pratt. We can criticize Chris Pratt all the time, right? And so we have this progressive paradox where you mm. have to put minorities on like a scale to see who's more oppressed before you defend the other one, which is insulting. Like people will be like, okay, I want to defend women, but if it's Muslims oppressing, we can't cover that because we bombed Muslims and Muslims are oppressed. Like, can we blame Johnny Depp on it? Like, it just, it takes away any intellectual honesty. Like, it's bad when we kill innocent Muslims. It's bad when women get harassed and killed by Muslims. It's bad when Asian people get hate crimes. It's bad if it's by white people. It's bad if it's by black people. You know, if a black trans homeless lady in a wheelchair was killing Muslim women, that is still bad. Uh, and I think people are just afraid to call it out. You know, I, uh, Jamie, I have to tell you, I I don't know if I agree with that they're afraid. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. I want to tell you experience. Uh, do you remember when 
the Iranian government, the moral police, were throwing homosexuals off the roof of buildings? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that was kind of a big line for me. You know, I'm like, right. I think as a human <laughs> being, we should stand up against yeah. that. And uh, so I went to New York and it took me a while to get a, an, uh, a meeting with the head of GLAD in New York. And she came into Whoa. my office uh, along with, you know, two other assistants and um, and very standoffish. And I'm like, look, you and I, we don't have a lot in common. Um, you know, uh, but we do have one thing I think in common, and that is homosexuals should not be thrown off roofs. And um, I said, I haven't told anybody I'm having a meeting with you. And if my audience finds out that I would be willing to partner with you on that one issue, it's going to cost me listeners. But if it helps save lives and brings attention to that problem, we both should be willing to put our our differences aside. We're never going to agree on wedding yeah. cakes, but we all sure. can agree on throwing people off the roof. They didn't do it. It's a low bar. Yeah, really? very low bar. Did they, oh no! What did they say? Uh, I can't remember exactly. Do you remember, Stu? It was. It was. I think it was. Uh, we have way too much uh, that is different. Uh, and it it would not be something that we would. Uh, I think they just made a calculation, right? Yeah, I mean, but that we would be able yeah, to I, tolerate. I mean, dude, I like you know. I tweeted I was coming on the show before, and I got a bunch of people saying supportive stuff. And every time I come on this show, I'll lose people where they'll be like, "Man, what happened to you? You used to make fun of Glenn, or he used to make fun of you." And it's like, yeah, man, isn't that great? Like that should be something that is applauded. Yes. Where it's, you know, that reasoning to not do something with you is the reasoning it is more important. It's like when you can get, you know, if you got Noam Chomsky and Ted Cruz sponsoring a bill together, uh, you know, I want to hear what that is. It was like when McCain teamed up with, when John McCain teamed up with Russ Feingold about uh, uh, election reform. You just go, okay, man, well, if those two are talking, this seems like it is a important issue. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's so sad how tribalized we are and that people are so afraid of stepping foot into the other camp when all the people we admire, you know, me and you talked about this on your podcast, you know, Martin Luther King, God, all the people we look up to, they brought people together. The goal wasn't uh, especially when lives are on the line, like we're seeing yeah. now in Iran, and like when you met with Glad. So where, so so the, you just think that they're too afraid that feminists are too afraid? Is there no well, feminist leader? I, I went. Well, there is. Uh, I mean, no. Uh, probably okay. Look, liberals <laughs> don't have. Uh, we don't love the word leaders or um, structure or uh, uh, getting things done. Yeah, but I, because, <laughs> because I, I'm usually not this um, like trite or petty, but I was so upset about the Iran thing, and I haven't been on this website in a very long time. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if uh, Jezebel. I'm sure your listeners are familiar. It's a big mm-hmm. feminist website. Yeah. I'm going to see if they're covering this story. And I went last week, and I rechecked this morning, like. Dude, it's not on the front page. The front page when I checked was um, the Try Guys, who I've never heard of, but I guess one of them had an affair. And then it was 
Jordan Peterson crying. That was the the big the big story. It wasn't women are being killed in Iran. Feminists gather around. We must show solidarity and support our sisters um, overseas. It was ha ha. The uh, Kermit, the lobster guy, is sad. Let's all make fun of Jordan Peterson. And there was a whole article making fun of Jordan Peterson, which by and that was a story like that was on Twitter. All of my lefty Twitter friends were talking about that too, and. Uh, you know, then there was like a follow-up story where it's like Ben Shapiro defends Jordan Peterson crying. And that suddenly became the feminist news cycle, which wow. is so sad for a million reasons, which is like you're not defending women. You're making fun of a dude. And you're making fun of a dude who's crying because he's trying to help men, right? And I don't know what's going on with Jordan Peterson. There's some stuff he says that's great. There's some stuff that I'm like, meh. But he's certainly not the, like, Hitler-esque cartoon that people make him out no. to be. Like, the first time I watched him, I was like, oh, this is going to be hateful. And he was like, make your bed. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should make my bed. <laughs> that, was kinda, that was sort of it. Yeah. I was like, this yeah. Guy, this guy's fine. But also, and, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but a lot of people on the right, I think Matt Walsh, who I've never agreed on uh, with, uh, he, he made this point where it's like, didn't we want – men to be more vulnerable? Isn't this what feminists and the left have sort of asked for? And now suddenly you have this masculine man crying and they sound like the people they're making fun of. Where they're like, oh, Jordan Peterson, you little girl, what, did your tampon get stuck? Are you triggered? Come on, soy boy. Like they're suddenly turning into these bullies where it's like, dude, you were the one saying that men just punch walls and don't go to therapy. And now you have a man who is crying and being emotional and you're going to mock him. And it was the first time that I sort of saw what conservatives were saying, which I always thought was a really goofy thing to say, where they're like, feminists just hate men. They don't defend women. Um, and in this case, it's like, well, yeah, you have this opportunity to defend women who are struggling so hard. It's so heartbreaking and also admirable what's happening in Iran with these women. And you're just going to make fun of a dude because it'll get a ton of retweets. Because anytime you make fun of Jordan Peterson, it'll get num I mean, they made fun of him for going to rehab, which yeah. is like crazy heartbreaking I, I, it's bully stuff. I, I will tell you that I, I've been I've been hoping that somebody would uh, start you know, burning scarves and it would become a, you know, something that Christians and, and others would stand up uh, against and, uh, and make that go viral, uh, viral. But I think we're just too busy uh, slapping each other with bologna or whatever the, whatever the hell that tortillas. is. Tortillas. Tortillas. That's right. Tortillas. <laughs> no, no, no. You may be on a different website. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why you got you to gotta sign up for that sponsor. And yeah. Watch. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, it, you know, it's these little inconsequential things that make for funny banter during the day on Twitter, and everyone gets to feel like little snarky school bullies, and then it goes away, and nothing has changed. I mean, man, it should be – there should be Muslims right now in America, and I'm sh again, I'm sure there are, um, talking about what's happening. Um, I know there are, yeah. but – when it comes to woke liberal Twitter, it's like, hey, man, don't say you're the party of compassion and freedom and um, all this stuff when you just 
publicly you, you don't care, whether it's because you're afraid you're going to be called a racist because we have this oppression Olympics on the left or whether it's because, look, man, if I would be saying the exact same thing to you if it was happening in Sweden and if it was, you know, white girls who uh, were getting stoned for yeah. not taking off their cardigans. Like, right. I would say the same thing. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I have no, just because I went to church twice doesn't mean I'm just like, yeah, right. Islam. <laughs> like, dude, I, 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 I respect respect Islam as much as I respect Buddhism, as much as I respect right. Christianity, all that stuff. This has nothing to do with religion. That has to do with like women are being murdered. Yes. And we should probably do something. So like Jamie, give me the name of your podcast again for Monday. Yeah. So the advice uh, is called Advice Not Taken. Advice Not Taken. Jamie Kilstein. Yeah. You can follow me on social media because I'll be posting clips. Uh, my Instagram's at the Jamie Kilstein. My Twitter's Jamie Kilstein. And then you can also go to jamiekilstein.com slash tour. I'm going to be headlining in Syracuse soon and Dallas and Fort Worth are the next two oh, we'll uh, headline gigs. Oh, we'll have to uh, let us know when you're in Dallas. We'll have to go. Uh, Jamie, thank you very much. God bless you. Keep it up. <laughs> na, 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 na.